Do we have any Beatles fans joining us for service today? I bet we have at least a few. In the mid-1960s, uh, Paul McCartney wrote a little song that he called Eleanor Rigby. And the Beatles recorded that song and placed it on their 1966 album called Revolver. And that song, Eleanor Rigby, shot to the top of the British charts. It stayed at the number one spot for four straight weeks and then came over to the United States and it made it near the top of the charts in the U.S. as well. It's an interesting song. It's actually a sobering song. The words go like this. Ah, oh, look at all the lonely people. Look at all the lonely people. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? Father Mackenzie, writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear, no one comes near. Look at him working, darning his socks in the night where there's nobody there. What does he care? All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? Ah, oh, look at all the lonely people, ah, oh, look at all the lonely people. Eleanor Rigby died in the church and was buried along with her name. Nobody came. Father Mackenzie wiping the dirt from his hands as he walks from the grave. No one was saved. All the lonely people. Ah, oh, look at all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Ah, oh, look at all the lonely people. Where do they all belong? Wow. I don't know about you, but those lyrics seem pretty depressing to me. Why did this song shoot to the top of the British charts and become so popular in the United States? It wasn't because it had a catchy tune. It wasn't so popular because British people like to be depressed. It was so popular because the song is so real. So many people can relate with those lyrics. And that's pretty sad, isn't it? Loneliness is something that we all deal with at some point or another. And loneliness has become epidemic in our nation today. This morning, we're going to open God's Word together and tackle this very important question. Why do I feel so alone? Why do I feel so alone? So make sure you have your Bibles handy. In just a few moments, we're going to open up to John chapter 5 and look at our first scripture together. A few years ago, Dr. Daniel Russell, a social science professor at UCLA, uh, developed what has been called a loneliness scale. Uh, and this was designed to help assess how lonely lonely people are. And last year, Cigna Healthcare surveyed over 10,000 Americans, and they gave them a 20-question survey based on Dr. Russell's loneliness scale. And guess what those researchers discovered last year? This blew me away. 61% of respondents, more than three in five American adults, reported that they deal with some level of loneliness. Uh, other studies have revealed similar findings. I want you to look at this chart on the screen right now. This is based on a British study uh, done in 2018. According to this British study, more than one out of every four seniors, 75 or older, said they felt lonely often or very often. 
That's not just lonely once in a while, but often or very often. And notice on that chart, the younger someone was, the more likely it was that they felt lonely on a regular basis. I wouldn't have expected that. Uh, We have this idea that seniors deal with loneliness even more than young people, but the research doesn't seem to play that out. Look at this. 40% of older teens and young adults, those who are part of this generation that we call Generation Z, 40% say that they're lonely often or very often. Now look at this next chart. This one is based on that Cigna Health study here in the United States that was uh, took place last year. It says that 71% of millennials, that's once again adults in their late 20s and in their 30s, millennials reported dealing with loneliness at, at a very high level. 71% of millennials said they deal with some level of loneliness. And then you look at those Generation Zers, the teenagers and very young adults in their early 20s. They reported dealing with loneliness at a level of 79%. And do you know what blows my mind? This study took place a few months before COVID. Is there any doubt that since the stay-at-home order with COVID-19, these numbers have climbed up even higher? There are many more of our family, friends, and co-workers who are lonely than we've ever realized. And it's taking a big toll on a lot of people's physical and emotional and spiritual health. Studies have shown that chronic loneliness can lead to depression and anxiety and cutting and heart conditions and substance abuse and even dementia. Uh, We know that people who deal with chronic loneliness also have a harder time recovering from a serious illness or from a surgery. Many health experts, and I had never heard this before, I did this research this last week, many health experts are saying that chronic loneliness takes as big of a toll on our health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I had no idea. But chronic loneliness is that damaging to our health on so many different levels. And so today we are going to open God's word together, knowing that many of us listening are struggling with loneliness right now, and many of our friends and family are wrestling with loneliness. We're going to open God's word together, and we're going to tackle two important questions. Question number one was right there in the title of this message, why do I feel so alone? And question number two, what is God's prescription for my loneliness? These are the two questions we're going to tackle today. I need you to be in John chapter 5 as we look at our first passage today. John is the fourth book in your New Testament. So we're going to be in John chapter 5, starting at the top of the chapter in verse 1. This is what we read. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five colored colonnades. I should say covered. I think I said colored. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. 
The day on which this took place was a Sabbath, and so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you're well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. May God bless us as we have read and study his word today. Well, last week I read an article about loneliness on crisistextline.org, which is a website. I'll mention it to you a little later in this message as well. But uh, this article on crisistextline.org said that there are a number of common reasons that lead people to become lonely. Here's eight of those reasons that they listed. See if you can personally relate with any of these and see if these were precursors to periods of loneliness in your own life. Uh, Number one, recently moving away from family and friends. Number two, a family member or friend recently died. Number three, living alone. Number four, having difficulties meeting new people due to access issues. Uh, Number five, being in poor physical health or, or poor mental health. Number six, avoiding social situations because of fear of rejection. Seven, recently quitting or losing a job. And then finally, spending way too much time... Gets this, on social media. (laughs) Yes, that's one of the most common precursors to loneliness today, spending way too much time on social media. So, with these common causes of loneliness in mind, I want you to consider this disabled man here in John chapter 5. For 38 long years, this man had been unable to walk. We don't know if he was crippled in his feet or in his legs or in both. But one way or another, he was disabled and could not walk. He dealt with this for 38 years. And this is a long, long time, especially when you remember uh, and consider that in those days, the life expectancy of a man in Israel was only about 55 years. So he'd been crippled for 38 years. This was most of a lifetime that this man had been unable to be walked and all like able to walk. And so in all likelihood, his days were spent sitting on a mat or lying on a mat, begging for alms and hoping that by some great miracle, he would finally be healed. So this crippled man didn't just have one cause of loneliness in his life. If you consider these eight common causes of loneliness that I just mentioned to you a moment ago, this man had at least four of them. Number one, he spent much of his life alone. Number two, he definitely had difficulties meeting new people due to access issues. He he couldn't walk, so without wheelchairs or power chairs in those days, he couldn't get anywhere unless someone was willing to carry him. Number three, he was in poor physical health. And number four, he avoided social situations out of fear of rejection. He was dealing with four of these eight common causes of loneliness. Uh, Fortunately, he didn't spend way too much time on social media, because if he had, uh, that may have put him over the the top that may have been more than any person could have handled but he was almost at a breaking point now did this disabled man struggle with loneliness i think it's safe to say that he did i'm sure he did but then then he met jesus and jesus changed everything for this disabled man didn't he 
He met Jesus on this certain day as he was sitting on his mat by the pool of Bethesda. Now, this pool of Bethesda, uh, we know, was located in Jerusalem uh, just outside the temple. And so it's a pool that was well known there in Jerusalem. This man was sitting there hoping to be healed. Now, I'd like you to look at John 5 again with me right there in your Bibles. And I want you to look again at verse 3. See what it says there in verse 3? It says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, I want you to look at the very next verse. What's the verse that comes right after verse 3? Well, you might think, well, duh, verse 4, right? Right? Actually, wrong. In most of your Bibles, you'll notice it goes from verse 3 right to verse 5. Now, why is that? Well, the reason is, when the translations were made, translators have recognized that verse 4 here in John chapter 5 is not found in some of the earliest and most reliable Bible manuscripts. And so remember, the original New Testament was not written in English. It was written in a language called Koine Greek. And so we go back as close as we can to the original writing in Koine Greek to determine the most accurate translations for our modern English translations. And many, if not most, of these early manuscripts do not contain verse 4. And so Bible translators try to be very careful because the Bible is the Word of God. They don't want to include a verse that may not have been in the original version of John. And so they've placed it as a footnote at the bottom of the page there in your Bibles. And so it's not called out as part of God's word, just in case it wasn't a part of the original writing. So I want you to look at that footnote of verse 4, because even though it may not have been part of the original, it does give us some insights as to why this man would have been sitting by this pool day after day, hoping for a healing. Look at verse 4 with me. It says, They waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool, after each such disturbance, would be cured of whatever disease he had. Now, if this is the first time you've heard this verse, uh, that may sound a little weird to you. Uh, are we actually to believe that the Jewish people thought that an angel would come down and start stirring the waters, and the first one to jump into that water uh, would be healed? Yeah, exactly. That's what the people in Israel believed. And because so many of the disabled individuals were there day after day, there must have been at least some truth to that belief. Certainly at some point, God had sent down an angel and somehow troubled those waters and individuals had been healed on the heels of that troubling of the waters. And so this man, imagine being in his shoes, 38 years he had been an invalid. 38 years he'd been unable to walk. And so quite likely for many, many days after he had exhausted all of what doctors or modern medicine could offer him and all of those different attempts to get healed had failed, uh, certainly he had spent so much time at this pool hoping beyond hope that he'd be able to get down into the water and finally be healed after 38 years. So he sat there and he waited day after day after day. And on the rare occasion that the water was stirred. No matter how hard he tried, someone always beat him down into the water first. He was just too slow. Let me ask you, have you ever felt that way? You were just 
to slow everyone around you seemed to be faster. You felt like you were a day late and a dollar short. Uh, guys, you, you felt like those other guys have all the luck. Uh, ladies, you think all those other girls, you know, they get all the breaks and you get stuck with all the leftovers. Well, some of you today, I believe, have a lot in common with this man here in John chapter 5. You feel like you've been dealt a bad deck of cards and you say, you know what? I'm doing the best with what I've been dealt, but it just doesn't seem to be good enough. It's got you down. It's got you discouraged, and you feel all alone. Well, I need you to hear me loud and clear on this. It's not the first time I've said this to you during this COVID pandemic. You are not alone. Hear me say it again. You are not alone. Amen? Amen. Many others around you are wrestling with the same feelings of loneliness, especially during COVID. And did you know that some of the greatest heroes in the Bible dealt with loneliness as well? It's true. Uh, The great prophet Elijah, remember after he had that great battle with the 450 prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel? The next day he gets word from Queen Jezebel. She says, I'm going to kill you before the sun goes down tomorrow. And he gets scared, he gets worried, and he runs for his life. And in 1 Kings 19, verse 14, after his life had been threatened, Elijah cries out to God in prayer, and he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Did you catch what he said? I'm the only one left. Have you ever felt that way? There's no one else that knows what I'm going through. There's no one else who cares. It's only me. Oh, that's not true. You are not alone. Elijah felt all alone in the world, but God reminded him that he was not alone. He was not alone. Then there's the great King David, the only man in the Bible who's called a man after God's heart. He lived a life full of adventure, but even David had some low moments along the way. He wrote in Psalm 41, verse 9, Even my close friend whom I trusted, he who shared my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. David felt betrayed, and he felt all alone in the world. The same could be said of Job, and of Moses, and of Queen Esther, and the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he's an odd duck. He at one point was asked by God to lay down on his left side for 390 days. Can you imagine more than a year laying on your left side? How isolating is that? How lonely was that guy laying down by himself on his left side for 390 days? Please never forget, all of these different heroes of our faith at one time or another dealt with loneliness. But so did Jesus Christ. Jesus understands your loneliness because he experienced it himself. Listen to a few of these scriptures. We're told in Isaiah 53, verse 3, that Jesus was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Think about those words, despised and rejected. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt despised and rejected? Well, if so, Jesus did too. He felt despised and rejected. 
As Jesus hung on the cross paying the price for our sin, he was surrounded by people, but he felt all alone. Studies indicate that many people who deal with the most amount of loneliness are surrounded by the most amount of people. Just because you are in a crowd doesn't mean that you're not lonely. Just because you live in a house of eight people doesn't mean you don't deal with loneliness. Jesus was surrounded when he hung on the cross, but he experienced some of the most intense loneliness that any man or woman has ever experienced in the history of the world. As he hung on that cross, he was lonely. And he cried out in Matthew 27:46, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It didn't seem too surprising to him that all men had forsaken him, but he seemed surprised that somehow God had, it would appear, turn his back on him as well. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been lying on your bed all alone and felt like God himself had left you? Well, so did Jesus. He felt that way too. But let me say it again. You are not alone. You are not alone. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through because he's been through the same thing. You might feel all alone, but that's fantasy land. The reality is you're not alone because God is right here. The reality is that the church is right here. So despite how you feel, you have to remind yourself that sometimes your feelings lie to you. They're not a good barometer of truth. The truth is you are not alone. The truth is God is right here and the church is right here. And we're going through this together. Now, let's tackle our second important question. What is God's prescription for my loneliness? It's a great question. And I want to share with you three prescriptions from God's word about loneliness. Three prescriptions from God's word for your loneliness. You might want to jot these down because these are pretty important. Prescription number one. Take your eyes off of yourself and off of your problems and focus on Jesus. Take your eyes off of yourself and off of your problems and fix your eyes on Jesus. We read in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And catch this next part. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God, the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. You have pain in your life, but so did Jesus. You feel abandoned at times, but so did Jesus. You've been mistreated and betrayed, and you've experienced indescribable pain, but so is Jesus. So is Jesus. He overcame it all. All the pain, all the rejection, all the stabbings in the back, all the betrayal, he overcame it all. And he can and will help you overcome it all as well. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. So you fix your eyes on him. Any of us can get depressed and lonely if we constantly focus on all the problems around us. We've got to get our eyes off the stuff of this world that will one day all burn and focus on our Lord in heaven. 
Focus on him. Remember, your citizenship is not on earth. Your citizenship is in heaven. Focus your eyes on him. Prescription number two. Repent. Turn from your sin. Some of you are probably thinking, wait a minute. I'm already feeling down in the dumps. I'm already feeling lonely. You're saying, I've got to repent now? That's not encouraging. I thought you were going to encourage me in this sermon, Dane. Are you saying that if I'm dealing with loneliness, I've got to repent? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because that's what God's Word says. Now, I want you to go back and look at what it says in verse 14 of John 5. This is the last thing that Jesus says to that man who he healed of his crippled feet and legs. In verse 14 of John 5, it says, Later Jesus found him at the temple, and he said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Now, this disabled man's physical condition, according to Jesus, had something to do with sin in his life. Now, that's not to say that all of our physical and mental illnesses are the result of our own sin. But the Word of God is clear that some of it is. The honest truth is, sometimes we feel all alone because our sin has left us all alone. Did you catch that? Sometimes we feel all alone because our sin has left us all alone. Some of us are dealing with loneliness because of our own dumb choices. Let's be honest with each other right now. Not all of our loneliness, but some of it is because of our own dumb choices. We've burned bridges with our family and friends. We've held on to bitterness and unforgiveness. We've refused to humble ourselves and ask for forgiveness. We've been selfish. We've ignored God's commands to work hard, to do good deeds and love and serve others. And as a result... We're more alone than we should be, and we're feeling very lonely. Sin certainly isn't the only cause of loneliness, but it's one of the causes. And it's a common cause that the Bible says we can't ignore. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, and catch this, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. If there is sin in your life, that has caused you to hold on to pride and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and has caused you to cross your arms and say, I refuse to reach out humbly to that person I think has wronged me or I refuse to reach out and ask for forgiveness for that person I have wronged. I think the Lord is speaking to you today. You need to repent. You need to repent. You need to turn from that sin and do what Jesus Christ has asked you to do and allow him to work miracles of healing broken relationships and restore some of that community in your life, some relationships in your life that have been pushed aside and left you feeling so alone. Prescription number three, spend quality time with God and with other Christians. This one is so good. Spend quality time with God and with other Christians. I'd like you to listen to these amazing verses. I could have shared more, but I'm just going to share a few with you here. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 27:10. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. 
Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6. A father to the fatherless, a, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. How about Proverbs 18.24? A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Who is that friend? We know it's Jesus Christ. He sticks closer than a brother. And then Matthew 11.28-30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does that sound good or what? Some of you are feeling such a burden on your shoulders right now, and you just want to hand it over to someone. Jesus says, here I am, hand it to me. You're carrying this burden on your shoulders. Allow me to give you my burden that is much lighter than yours. Allow me to give you your a new yoke that is lighter than yours. Jesus wants to give us rest. He wants to give us peace. He wants us to stop carrying heavy burdens that we were never intended to carry. Spend some quality time with him. Spend quality time with Jesus and spend quality time with other Christians. Allow him and allow the church to help shoulder some of those burdens. You see, God wired into your heart a need for a relationship with Him. And so if you do not have a vibrant daily relationship with Him, you're going to feel lonely because you're not in a relationship that God wired you to be in. And if you don't have a relationship with other Christians, you're going to deal with some loneliness too because God wired into your heart a desire for intimate relationships. And by intimate, I don't mean anything sexual. I'm just talking about close, meaningful relationships with other believers and followers of Jesus Christ. God wired into your heart a need for fellowship with both Him and with other Christians. Now, let me give you three bonus prescriptions if you're dealing with loneliness. You won't find these necessarily in the pages of God's Word, but these are scientifically based and proven to work if you're dealing with loneliness. And I think you'll see that even though these aren't specifically called out in Scripture, God gets the glory for each of these that we practice. Prescription number four, get out in nature. Nature has been called the 67th book of the Bible. There are 66 books within the pages of the Bible. Nature has been called the 67th book. God created nature. And we know that we have a tendency to deal with deeper levels of loneliness when we're stuck within four walls all the time. you got to get out. Whether it's taking a walk or going on a hike or riding a bike or tooling down the street in your power chair. One way or another, you got to get out, the, out of the house, get out of the apartment, and enjoy nature that God has created. Prescription number five. Number five is to exercise. Exercise. You got to stay active. Did you know that God placed this wonderful little miracle hormone in your body? It's called endorphin. God has created these endorphins and placed them in our body. And guess what happens when we exercise? These endorphins are released by our brains and by our central nervous system. And these endorphins are natural mood boosters. When we exercise, endorphins are released and it naturally lifts our mood, helps bring us out of loneliness, and as an added bonus, endorphins help speed up our body's natural healing process as well. 
we need to one way or another exercise. And then finally, number six, number six is get a pet. (laughs) This has been proven by scientific research to be helpful when dealing with loneliness. As some of you know, my family's dog Molly uh, died in the month of April. And my family has been dealing with loneliness on the heels of her passing. We loved that little dog. And she was such an important part of our family. So we've been dealing with some loneliness. But the new lop-eared bunnies have helped. We're going to put this first picture on the screen for you. This first lop-eared bunny is one of our two males. And it's called Han Solo. We call him Solo for short. Isn't he cute? And I tell you, petting one of these bunnies helps lift our moods. The second bunny I want to show you here is our one female. Her name is Leia. Okay? She's a mixed-colored little bunny. Her name's Leia. So we got Solo, and we've got Leia. The one I didn't show you is named Chewie for Chewbacca. So we've got these three bunnies, and we miss our dog terribly, but these three bunnies have brought a lot of comfort and joy to our family. Uh, Some of you need to get a pet because that companionship of that pet will help to lift your mood. And help to bring you out of loneliness. Maybe you live in an apartment. You're not allowed to have a pet. Well, go find someone that has one and ask to borrow it for a little while. We need to enjoy nature. We need to exercise. And we need to enjoy some of those lovely creatures that God has created. Whether it's a dog or a cat or a bunny or a hamster or whatever it is. Enjoy some of the companionship that God can give you through a pet. Finally, I want to share with you two resources. If you're dealing with some deeper levels of loneliness, I want you to know not only that you're not alone, but there are resources available for you 24-7. If you need to reach out and talk with someone or text with someone, I want to give you two resources that I want you to jot down and have available. If you're dealing with loneliness or discouragement or depression or down the road you find out that you have a friend or family member who is dealing with those. First of all, I want to mention crisistextline.org. Crisistextline.org. You can text them at any time, day or night, seven days a week. We even have one of our church members who volunteers as a counselor on this text line. You can text your need and you'll have some quick response from those on the text line to help you work through some of your discouragement, some of your depression, uh, some of that loneliness that you're dealing with. And then secondly, this is a Christian resource, thehopeline.com. Thehopeline.com, if you go to that website, you'll find all sorts of research, uh, excuse me, all sorts of resources available to help you whatever you're struggling with emotionally, mentally, or otherwise. You can reach out to Christians through that and find some helpful information to help you through this time. So we put those on the screen for you. I hope that those are a helpful resource. And please know that you can call or reach out to me or any of our staff at any time. Let us know if we can be a blessing to you. If you're dealing with loneliness, believe me, we're in this with you. And we will make it through as we make it through together. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity you've given us to open your word and receive this encouragement. Lord, I pray that we would take our eyes off of our problems and look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Help us to focus on you and the things of heaven and not get so caught up in the things of this earth. Help us to repent and turn from our sin if there's anything keeping us from you, O God. Help us to turn from that sin. And help us, Lord, to prioritize our daily relationship with you and with other believers and followers of Christ. Help us, Lord, to to reach out and get out into nature, Lord. 
to get out of our comfort zone, Lord, and, and exercise and, and maybe even uh, get a, a new pet this week or enjoy someone else's. Lord, help us to implement these things in our lives that you have given to us to inoculate us against extended periods of loneliness. And I do pray for anyone right now that's listening to this prayer who feels alone. I pray in the strong and mighty name of Jesus that you would lift them up, that they would be right with you, O God, and in a closer relationship with you than ever before. And may they hold on to your promise that you will never leave them or forsake them. And I pray for anyone that may have never accepted you as Lord and Savior, that they would do so today, admitting that they are a sinner, believing that you died on the cross for their sins, Lord Jesus, and choosing to follow you as not just their Savior, but as also the Lord of their life, Master, Boss, Savior. Lord, I pray that we would be right with you today and that you would lift us up, O God, as we serve and follow you and love and serve those around us for the glory of God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Feel free to reach out to one of our prayer counselors even now if you need to talk with someone or pray with someone or simply send a text and they'll lift up a prayer for you as well. And to close our service today, we're going to share a baptism with you that took place just a few weeks ago at Impact. Uh, Lori Colley made a decision uh, to be baptized in obedience to Christ's command. If you have made a decision for Christ, but you haven't yet been baptized, we encourage you to make the same decision that Lori made. God bless you.